1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to begin. Welcome in everyone to the Madison Keys Court of Dreams Celebration of Tennis event. Let's try that again. Welcome in everyone to the Madison Keys Court of Dreams Celebration of Tennis event got a lot of fun tennis planned not only today but of course over the course of the next two days before we get to that though we want to talk about some of these serious things all of us go through as tennis players whether that be as you're a rising high school player obviously for players like madison like nathan to discuss what they go through on the pro tour you would be amazed if to hear how similar their experiences are on the court to the ones you guys have every time you step out onto the court. With that said, we've got our mental health panel here today to start all of our festivities and joining us on our panel. Let's start with someone joining us from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Please welcome onto the stage Wendy Martinez. Also joining us for our panel, he was a three-time ATP doubles champion coach for Leighton Hewitt, as well as Max Purcell. Welcome onto the stage, Nathan Healy. And finally, the reason we are all here, obviously, for the next two days, the pride of Iowa tennis, a former Grand Slam finalist, top 10 player in the world. Welcome onto our stage, Madison Keyes. welcome all of you obviously to our panel and I think the place we have to start is with our host Madison I know we've talked about this before but to be able to be a part of this sort of event in front of your home community in your home state what does that mean to you
2: it means the world to me I'm um, I've never actually really gotten to play tennis in Iowa in front of any sort of crowd so I'm so excited and thanks everyone who came out and I just love that you know Tennis, you can pick up anywhere. You can play it anywhere. So to be able to come home and play it where probably there's not a ton of tennis all of the time, I'm always trying to um, spread my love for tennis everywhere. So uh, thanks, everyone,
0: for coming.
1: Of course, great to have everyone here. Let's give it up for and Keys, please, one more time. And again, we want to introduce and incorporate all of the people sitting here on our panel today, the discussion we want to have, again, the difficulties of going through life training, whether it be as a tennis player, professionally, or your high school team, just the struggles we all go through. And for those of you that don't know, Madison, working so closely with her foundation, Kindness Wins, which is, of course, a foundation that promotes daily acts of kindness in everyday life, the little things you can do to stay sane, as we've all learned, we have to do over the past two and a half years, and that's where I want to start today's conversation. Again, I'll go back to you here, Madison. Why was Kindness Win something that was so important to you in your career?
2: I felt like I had, you know, through tennis, created some sort of platform where people cared what I was saying for whatever reason. But um, I felt like it was really important to use that for the absolute best that I could. And... I felt like I wasn't doing enough with it and I just kept thinking about how some of the smallest things can help turn my day around and other people's days around and I don't think those small acts ever really get enough recognition and it was just from there that the entire foundation grew and I wanted to not only encourage people to you know, be as kind as they can but also really just shine a light on the amazing things that people are doing, just because I don't think that always gets enough recognition, and that's where it kind of started from, and now here I am in front of all of you. It's
1: exactly where you thought you'd be right here at the Health and Wellness Center here in Charles City and uh, excuse me, not in Charles City anymore. my brain broken, but that you'll learn that very, very quickly here folks. I next want to go to you, Nathan, because you've had the opportunity not only to play professionally, to coach professional uh, players with professional aspirations, coach high level juniors as well. Life is stressful, right? Tennis, it's a 1v1 sport. I see my opponent, whomever it may be, orange shirt in the front row. I want to kill him right now. I see him already and I just, I want to crush him at the same time. That doesn't feel particularly kind, does it? And so my question to you is again, finding that balance because tennis can be intense. How do you keep it fun? How do you keep it loose and you know, so that your players stay enthusiastic about the sport?
3: Um, Yeah, firstly, I'm so excited to be here. it's great to reconnect with Madison again, uh, and so yeah, I guess keeping tennis fun is. Um, that's what I just talk about the joy and the love for the sport. Uh, I, as a player, I felt that competitiveness and that competitive battlefield, and I really didn't like who I was. I felt like there was a lot of highs and lows in my career. Uh, so yeah, I just pass on. Uh, yeah, just or, or point to the the art form of the game and the creativity and uh, the problem-solving uh, aspect rather than the winning and losing. So focusing less on the results and more on, on the joy of playing.
1: And with that thought in mind to you, Madison, how difficult is it to keep perspective day in day out with all the training sessions, the practice? Is that the most difficult part of being a pro?
2: Um. I would, yeah, I'd probably say just the constant going out and you're constantly practicing and it becomes a bit monotonous just because you're doing the same thing every single day. But then I think for me a lot of times the reality check is that like I'll call my mom and she'll be like, oh, I'm going to work. I'm like, oh, it's two in the afternoon and I'm done with my day and I spent it outside running around. So like (laughs) it can't be that bad. Um, So just really just trying to keep in perspective that, what I do for my job is absolutely amazing. It definitely has highs and lows and tough points, and it's, you know, what I literally do as my job, but at the same time, it's amazing. I get to go run around on a tennis court and play people in front of crowds and um, just have that amazing, just emotional feeling of basically just entertaining people. Um, so. To have that as a job is, I think, a pretty cool experience that
0: I get to have.
1: Could be worse. Could be worse, definitely. I know, I mean, you know, it might be pressure, make a big first serve four or five. You're playing Serena for me. I got to make a good joke in front of these 35 people. Gets stressful, you know, you're going to find it in different forms and fashions. And I want to go to you, Wendy, as well, because I think over these past two and a half years, amidst this pandemic, all of us have gone through some sort of struggle. How important is it to vocalize those struggles, whether it be with a parent, as Madison alluded to, or with your tennis coach like Nathan? How important is it for everyone to, again, acknowledge when you are struggling?
4: Thank you for having me here as well. It's so great to see all of you that are mixed ages and the young. This is just awesome. And I got got some pros by me, but I'm a pro volunteer, just so you know. you know, the pandemic was a huge thing, but it's it's the most important thing any day. You need to always check in. And when you guys are feeling something, it's okay to feel yuck sometimes, but you need to have someone to talk to or a few people to talk to. It's just major, majorly important that you open up. If you don't want to open up to your parents, find someone who you can talk to. It's the most important thing you could ever do in your life.
1: No, absolutely. And you know, again, for everyone. I think everyone's got that person in their life. For me, you'll see him in the back in the pink Under Armour shirt. It's our producer, Daniel Westoff, who helps make all of this happen. I feel bad for him because he edits my voice, sees my face all day, he walks out of his office, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, hey Rumi." Uh, and so, you know, whomever it is, that's the person that obviously, uh, it's always great to have that person in your life. And look, as a pro athlete, Madison, I'm sure there are times when, especially after a loss, you are down what are those moments like? If you because again we all have individual struggles. Imagine having those struggles in front of 40,000 people. What do you do to stay sane, stay you know healthy mentally? Is it you know channeling with parents, with close advisors? What are you doing to you know get over, uh, get through those moments?
2: Um, I mean, admittedly, sometimes I cry,
0: <laughs> um,
2: but it's honestly just really trying to put things in perspective and I've had some amazing wins where I felt amazing and unbelievable and it was oh the best day of my life and then I've also lost a tennis match and it felt soul crushing and then I remember you know, I walk out of the facility and I go back to my hotel and there's people walking down the street going to work, coming home from work going to dinner and it's just a little bit insignificant because it's I mean, yeah, I lost a tennis match and obviously I care about that and I didn't want that to happen, but it's not the end of the world. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and feel better. And if I can try to find the positives in what happened, then I can move on and I can learn from it and I can just take those lessons into my next match. And then a lot of the times I, you know, just go have dinner with a friend and watch a movie and. Just try to move on from it and really just try to focus on all of the good things that happened and learn from those but also a couple of days later picking through some of the things that I didn't do as well and just try to take those onto the practice court and work on them so that the next time I'm on the court I feel a little bit more confident about those things.
1: I think everyone in the crowd is wondering right now, tough match for you, 7-6 in the third, you go down. It was a really good match by the way, 12-10, rough call at 10 all in the breaker and we kind of moved on from there. But what is Madison Key's comfort show? Whether it be a movie, maybe it's a a TV series, Netflix is open, what are you watching in those moments? That's what we want to know.
2: I have probably rewatched One Tree Hill (laughs) 900 times. Sure. To the point where it's just like you turn it on and you don't even pay attention to it. So whenever I'm feeling down or I just need to have sound, that is my absolute go-to. I kid you not, I've probably watched every single episode 35
1: times. (laughs) That's a good choice. For me, it's the movie Mean Girls. I know, you know, yeah... Explains a lot, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, I could watch those scenes over and over again. And, you know, on the flip side, Nathan, from the coaching aspect, because there are parents here in the crowd who have seen their kids in tears after a match or whatever it may be, what is the advice you would give them of how you can help coach your kids through a moment like that, or just maybe more than the coaching, how you can support them in that moment?
3: Um, just remind, reminding your kids that you're there for them. Uh, that you are there just to support and love them. And you know, I think if you can send that message, they're gonna, they're gonna feel you know, feel held. And uh, yeah, that, that, that to me is uh, what you're there for. I think when the parents step more into the coaching role, that's when the lines get blurry. And uh, yeah, that's where I think the communication breaks down and that's when I feel like at times we push our kids away. I'm still learning as a parent. Uh, I have a 13 and a 10-year-old, and, uh, yeah, I make sure that I really just stay in that role of loving them and supporting them, and, uh, yeah, and, and, and allowing them to come to me. If they want help with a particular project at school or something to do with, at this, at this stage, they don't play tennis, but they play other sports, and, and I'm just there to say, you can do whatever you want. I, I uh, support your passion, so... I think, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, sending that message of love. Yeah. 13 and 10 years old are your kids? I can see a
1: little gray in the beard now, but if you were cleanly shaven, no way. No chance. Your kid has already been bar mitzvahed? Come on now. That's just, that can't be right.
3: This is sunscreen. Yeah. That's not
1: (laughs) (laughs) great. Makes more sense (laughs) then. Wendy, uh, uh, in this spirit, and again, we're hearing it from a top 10 player like Madison Keys, uh, you know, successful winning coach and successful top 50 doubles player in Nathan Everyone goes through these struggles, right? And again, it feels like sometimes this conversation, you can feel a bit ashamed about that fact, about the fact that, you know, you're feeling down about something or you're feeling less than compared to someone. The key is, you know, the perspective, right? Is ensuring everyone goes through that.
4: Yeah, it's so important just to remember to you're going to go through things, you know, as they've kind of alluded to but spinning it positive is what I do, and Madison mentioned that. Um, I lost a brother to suicide uh, 18 years ago, and you know that's one of the yuckiest things I've ever had to go through in my life, but as I walk through it and time goes on, I do whatever I can in my power to spin it in the most positive way that I can, being here with you today, doing a suicide walk, um, we uh, facilitate one, and a support group and things like that. So you find different outlets to kind of help you to heal with whatever you're going through. But it's okay to feel it. You can feel it. You have to walk through it. But then find a healthy coping mechanism for yourself um, that will help you.
1: Whether it be One Tree Hill, Mean Girls. I know sometimes I turn to a Reese's as well. Could be worse, you know, sometimes than turning to that. And, you know, again, in that same spirit, Madison, to anyone who is feeling down mentally, or those you know in that sort of moment, in that frame of mind, uh, what would be your advice to them in that moment to help turn things around, and again, try and find some sort of positivity in whatever it is you're going through?
2: I would say it's really important to talk to someone, because I think when you're in that feeling and you're experiencing it within within yourself, you're not always processing things completely clearly. And I think sometimes, one, verbalizing them gets it a little bit more out of your head. But also, you have someone to bounce ideas off of, and they can you know, they can bring some perspective as well. And that way, it doesn't feel like you're alone and trying to figure it all out by yourself. You have someone who can support you through it, but also help give you ideas or help maybe just make you think things through a little bit clearer in a way that you are not seeing them in that moment.
1: And with that perspective, again, because all of you are here to play some tennis, and I promise we've got some fun tennis coming up in a little bit, but, you know, same thing to you, Nathan, a player struggling on court. And I think all of us have had that moment where the forehand goes awry or, man, I wish I could make more first serves than I'm doing right now. What's the perspective you coach your kids to have in that moment because, again, In the big picture, your first serve's failing on you. It may not be the most serious challenge in your life, but in that moment, it certainly feels like it does.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it's just to focus on the simple things. Uh, I talk a lot about about meditation and really getting back in your body. I mean, because a lot of our stresses come from our thoughts and uh, our belief system. So if we can get back in our body, really feel your heartbeat, Notice, noticing the air on the skin, your feet and your shoes. That just that that gets you out of your head, and with that, you just get more and more comfortable, and and you realise, you know, actually, I am okay. And you know, we've touched on perspective, and uh, yeah, that will that that just shifts you uh, out of the past and the future, and back into the moment. And we can handle anything if we're in the moment. So for me, that's a huge key. I have. Uh, a method, that's, uh, a process called the work, the work of Byron Katie, which questions belief systems and, and uh, essentially undoes any stressful thoughts that you're carrying around. So this is where I like to do a lot of a lot of the off-court work, and um, and and if that's if 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 you do work on these beliefs off the court, then on the court you just become more and more comfortable, and you can swing freely, and you can have that fun and that joy can really uh really come through Mm -hmm.
1: and with that in mind and i know this is the sort of question all of you have been waiting for madison on the other side of the net serena williams and you know in that moment obviously you're playing arguably the greatest tennis player in the history of the sport what goes through your mind in a moment like that talk to us about the stresses you're feeling because i do think again people see athletes out on tv you think they're immune from everything that they've been here before How untrue is that? Because the first 120-mile-per-hour serve from Serena that comes at me, I'm putting the racket up. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let's try this. I'm good. You win. Congratulations. Let's do this again. You know, what are those moments like for you?
2: Um, So I've actually played Serena three times. She's won all three. Um, (laughs) She's a very good tennis player, if you didn't already Eh. know that. Um, But it's it's hard Um, I mean you're standing there and you're thinking I'm going to have to play really well today in order to even compete and then you also have that small voice in the back of your head that you're thinking please I just want to make it to an hour I want it to at least be competitive Um, but it's I mean it's all about it's just tennis I mean I'm sure you play matches where other people feel that way about you so it's I mean you just kind of have to take it in stride and you know that as long as you focus on yourself and you can stay within your side of the court it doesn't really matter who's on the other side of the net at the end of the day you're gonna win sometimes and you're gonna lose sometimes but if you can control your side of the court you give yourself a much better opportunity to come through with that win and That's really all that you can control. And as long as that's what you're focusing on and you're doing your best, then you can walk off of the court and feel proud of yourself, win or loss.
1: God willing, I hope someone looks at me like Serena Williams. They're like, that's the Serena. Yeah, give it up for Madison, please. In that same spirit, Nathan, uh, again... The idea of getting over that hurdle or the idea of going out and playing someone who's better than you because you watch now, there are these UTR events, right? I don't want to play uh, someone lower than me. I don't want to play someone above me. I want to play someone just in my strike zone. We talk about, again, these mental health struggles, but how helpful is it for someone to get outside of their comfort? comfort zone and experience some success, how helpful is that to them in the big picture? How often are you pushing people to be uncomfortable, uh, but ultimately, again, with a greater purpose in mind?
3: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Madison just hit the nail on the head, controlling the uncontrollables. So yeah, if you can just, like I say, if you can just enjoy the art form of the creation of playing and and the problem solving and, and be in your body. And not worry so much about what's going on down the other end, and you know that that joy will come will come in. And uh, what I say is, if you look after the between point routines, and and that's where I just in my coaching I play, place a lot of emphasis. If you focus on that, uh, and then just let the point happen. Whatever happens during the point happens, and then come back into your between point routine. Then you're gonna. You know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, and I say, whatever happens, happens. And then, like Madison said, you walk to the net, you shake hands, and you feel you feel like you've left everything out there. Uh, I learned that as a player when I was on tour. I muscled my way. I didn't really have a strategy. My r- between-point routines were very erratic. And uh, I'd walk off the court and everyone had asked, Nathan, "Geez, you were the best player. What happened? And I'd be like, I, I don't know. And and that's where I yeah I give give my students a uh, clear plan between points, a mental process to go to, and uh, yeah with that the uh, there's yeah there's a lot I got to, I had the luxury of experiencing that um, uh, winning like seventy matches and losing three after I finished coaching Leighton Hewitt um, and yeah it just it, the the sport felt like a meditation and that and that joy of playing really came in
1: with that in mind let's I want to hear from some of you all as well so some questions for you so we can add some perspective here how many of you play high school tennis currently playing high school tennis and how many of you are feeling again you go through the tryout process right all of these different things you got to figure out where you're gonna be playing in the lineup, all the different practice matches I'm sure that can get stressful Um, again I go to you now here Madison as we look at that what are some of the things you do to decompress and get away from the sport so you just play you know you have your quarterfinal match you just won you play your semifinal tomorrow what are the things you're doing to step reset and refresh mentally
2: Um, well mine's actually probably a bad habit I usually go shopping (laughs) which isn't always great at the end of the month but um I I really like getting out into whatever city I'm in trying to enjoy it usually ending up with shopping bags at the end of the day, but going to restaurants, hanging out with friends, I really just try to find routines on the road because my life is a little bit abnormal and I spend more of my time on the road than at home. So I try to just create comfort wherever I am in creating my own routines of, I'm gonna unpack everywhere I go. I go to dinner every single night. I have my friends on tour. I always get them to come with me. So just creating kind of a comfort on the road daily so that no matter how stressful I am, I can always fall back into that and find just an easy comfort so that that stress kind of just helps melt away.
1: Same question to you, Mary. How important are those routines just in life?
4: I do kind of the same thing that Madison does. You Shopping? Know. Shopping is one, I'll <laughs> admit. And, and I'm a clicker on the computer, which is really bad. <laughs> you can, my friend can attest back there that's running our booth. Um, I uh, I do some crafting. I like to craft and make things, and, and I have tons of supplies. I don't do this to make stuff for myself. I do it for fundraisers and whoever I can donate it to, or I ask friends what they want. Um, it's just creating those, those habits. Um, I work during the day. I have a salary position. I'm done at 5 o'clock. I take my lunch every single day, an hour, and I take my breaks. And I force myself to do it because it's good for me. Now, if I have to stay to do something, I will. But I just create those things that really help myself.
1: And to you, Nathan, in that same spirit, what are some of the routines you would emphasize for young aspiring players like we have in front of us today, or the adult players who can still get a lot better in their own game as well? What are some of the routines you will coach or turn to, to again, help find that comfort level, that rhythm on court?
3: Um, Well, yeah, I guess guess feeding the soul off the court. So finding a hobby that you enjoy. Uh, I like to play guitar. I actually took that on tour a few times uh surfing is, i mean it's you know not easy finding that especially around um but uh yeah it's, yeah just finding something that you love uh you know journaling is a good good way just getting the thoughts out of your head reading do you guys like to read
1: yeah
3: yeah sometimes
1: if it's tweet length <laughs> yeah. sure yeah
3: <laughs> yeah well and that's another point yeah just spending some time off the phone i feel like uh yeah i think we can get addicted to the phone and, and that stimulates the mind and uh, that's where we kind of have a tendency of getting out of balance. So, you know, f- for me, I like to also meditate. So just putting the phone down, I actually meditated before this panel, just dropping into my body, going for a walk, feeling my feet on the ground. Uh, and then, yeah, just it, that just brings about bit of ease and, a, and like a bit of comfort. So, yeah, I highly recommend trying that.
1: Let me just say, you haven't tried serious surfing until you go into the Mason City Depot. That's the real surface, that's where the way, the waves come, but again, with all of that in mind, um, I am curious because certainly in the spirit of routine, and you've alluded to this, Madison, it, how monotonous is the life of a pro tennis player? How You know, again, are you doing the same things day in, day out? Is it what we would expect? What does the life of a pro athlete look like? I'm sure that's what everyone's wondering here.
2: Um, it's pretty boring, actually. I I mean, every day I wake up, I eat breakfast, I go to practice, I sweat a lot, and usually feel like I'm dying at some point. Um, and then I have fitness, I go home, I eat lunch, I have treatment, and then I'm usually very, very tired, so I lay on my couch for multiple hours until I feel like I can move again. I make dinner, I usually fall asleep by like 9.45 every night, sometimes earlier, and then I wake up and I do it again until I go play a tournament, and then tournament, I wake up, eat breakfast, go to practice, <laughs> and then it's pretty much just that all the time until days that I have a match, and then the only thing that really changes in there is that I have to play another person, um, but that's honestly pretty much it. I always laugh when I think about how people think that we have these amazing, glamorous lives, we travel the world and all of that, and it's, I mean, it's really not that glamorous, but there are the perks that you get to go around the world and see some amazing places. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know, that third, you know, training session sounds riveting. That sounds like that's the real kicker. You know, again, the lunch, eh, but but the training session, riveting. Um, And again, in that spirit, Nate, Uh, traveling the world, doing these things. I imagine they are enjoyable. But, uh, you know, you had this experience and I want to ask you about it as well, Madison. You talk about playing your friends on tour. And again, I saw how many of you raised your hand. You play high school tennis. I'm sure some of you have been in that scenario where you're playing a close friend, someone you know extraordinarily well. And I'll say in my experience, and I play tennis too, folks, relax, calm down. No, no, hold the applause. Um, But in my experience, those are always the really difficult moments. Those are the ones where you know what to expect. You put that additional pressure on yourself. In your coaching capacity now, how would you recommend approaching those sorts of moments where, again, you're playing a familiar face, someone you know extraordinarily well?
3: I just think having a, just a stable preparation, so the preparation shouldn't shift. And as Madison said, it's, you're playing, you, you know, you, you, on the practice court. She's working on her game. And there's not much that should change going on to the match court. So just, just noticing those those thoughts and beliefs. Oh, I'm playing a friend and this means this and and if I win this match it means that. You know, just noticing those thoughts and again getting back in back into your body, which to me is a practice. But uh, the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel, the more free you are out on court, and again that's when the love and the joy of the game. So You know, at times, like when we when we do put the phone down, the mind goes, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what to do now. I'm, I'm bored." You know, so so the mind gets antsy and and notice. Does that happen to you guys often? Do you feel like you're, you know, how long can you sit there without picking up your phone? Does anyone want to answer? Two minutes. (laughs) Yeah. You mean this? Yeah,
2: this phone, which I'm
1: on the panel and trying to text simultaneously? Yeah. I think there's no worse feeling in the world, that Sunday notification. You're up 7% this week, and it's 24 more minutes on your phone than you were the week prior. We all go through that. It's the worst. Um, No, and again, uh, obviously excited for the tennis we're going to play today. We focused on that. But I know some of the things you do in your life are in association with Your foundation, Kindness Wins, which of course stresses the importance of everyday acts of kindness. Here's a cookie cutter question for you, Madison, but talk to me about some of those everyday acts of kindness. What are the things you're doing to live that sort of lifestyle in your everyday life?
2: I think it's honestly the smallest things, even just, you know, looking at someone in the eyes and smiling at them and saying, hello, good morning. Um, you know, holding the door for someone. I, one time I drove through Starbucks and they told me that the person in front of me bought my coffee. Um, just, I mean, it can be the tiniest little things that can really turn a day around for someone. And it could be so small and insignificant to you to take the three seconds out of your day to do that. But it could mean the absolute world to someone else.
1: And in that spirit, I'm actually fascinated because I was speaking with my own father before this, and I was like, oh, we're doing this Madison Keys charity event, and he's not the biggest tennis fan, but he goes, Madison Keys? I know Madison Keys. Like, this must be cool. And with that spirit in mind, you are Madison Keys. You're the one who obviously quite recognizable in the tennis community, I'm sure elsewhere as well. How stressful is that? Like again, is it fun to be recognized? Is it not fun or you know, how do you, I imagine there's some pressure to, to be Madison Keys every day.
2: I don't think there's any pressure. I'd usually just wake up and okay, I am good. who I am, so um, that part's easy, no, I'm going to be someone different today. <laughs> yeah. But um, honestly, I, if someone walks up to me and says like today in the airport, someone said, did I see you last week? And I didn't even put together that she may had recognized me for tennis. And I was like, I don't know, did you? Like, I, did I see you somewhere? And she's like, no, you were playing tennis. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do that. Um, I thought you like saw me at the grocery store or something. Um, so, I mean, even after all this time, it's still not usually my first thought, which a lot of times makes things a little bit awkward because I'm confused. And then they're staring at me like I'm crazy. But um still trying to get used to it, but <laughs> okay. no, honestly, I don't really think about trying to be anyone other than who I am. I try to be the best person that I can be every single day, and that's just kind of how I wake up and how I approach every single day, so um, hopefully you don't... See me on an off day.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be following you at the airports. I saw you last week. Just everywhere we go, and throwing that in. Uh, similar question to you, Nathan. I saw you smile there again at the idea of the pressure of being Madison Keys every day. What? Explain that smile on your face.
3: Oh, I just. Yeah, I, I guess it's just being grateful. You know, grateful for all the little things. And uh, yeah, there's there's so many out there. You know, just the ability to just walk around. We're not. You know, not. Um, you know, I have a healthy body, and, and uh, I have—I had actually had a, a, a traumatic experience ten years ago at an aortic aneurysm. So my heart exploded spontaneously, and I got through that. So my perspective shifted, and uh, yeah, I just notice, the, the, try to notice the simple things, and be grateful for all those simple things uh, as often as possible. You know, seeing the smile on my my uh, kids' faces and. Um, yeah, just just those those moments
1: and yeah. Absolutely. Let's give a round of applause for that. Come on folks, that's what it's all about without question. Last few here and then we're going to get to the tennis folks, so start getting loose. Let's see those shoulder circles for all of you sitting on the bench. Uh, my last, I, I want to go down uh, to again, you see the, we're in association here today with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. What are some of the things we all can do to get involved with, obviously, a cause I imagine all of us here support? What can we do to support your foundation? I imagine there are little things we can do every day beyond just, here's a lump sum of money.
4: It goes way beyond money, I'll tell you right now. Um, Some of the things that Madison and they they both talked about are just so important. Those small things that you can do will go forever. we have an out-of-the-darkness walk um, throughout. So the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, we have chapters in all 50 states. So some of you, I think, are from other areas. So you can volunteer. We love volunteers. You can do small things. You can do anything. So we have out-of-the-darkness community walks. We do a ride to fight suicide here. Um, so just getting involved, if it's a cause that you believe in, it's just you can volunteer and help out like that. Um, we, we go out and do tabling like Chris has our table back there we try to do that in the community when we can but you know everything takes a village this takes the largest village I haven't been able to build yet we need lots of people to help because there's a lot of people hurting out there and we want to do if I can do anything in my power to make every one of your days better I will do it because that's why I lost a brother and, and you talked about those small things after your experience, and you don't sweat the small stuff anymore. Those little petty things, you can brush them off because they don't matter. What matters is you and people and everything that you do every day. And going those random acts of kindness, I love her charity. I'm going to Google that. When we leave here, I'll tell you right now because I didn't know about it. That is an, an awesome thing to have. Do anything you can for people. Someone's sitting on a bench, they're by themselves, you don't know them. They don't look okay. Ask them if they're okay. What harm is that to check on someone? You want to check on everybody. It's just so important.
1: Absolutely. Let's give it up again. That's exactly what it's all about. That's why we're here this week to celebrate those acts of kindness. And for those of you curious, again, it's called Kindness Wins. Seems very straightforward, as the name would suggest. And in that spirit, uh, we've got a really cool activity that I think all of you will enjoy, and certainly kind of Madison Keys to offer her time here today. And what we have for all of you is a junior clinic, where we're gonna get out there on court, going to enjoy ourselves. In fact, I'm getting the thumbs up from our event director, Ryan Now We are ready to go. So one last time, let's give it up for our panel here.